Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast, direct from the U.S. Open. Sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. This is live from the U.S. Open. I'm Ed McGrogan here with uh, senior editors Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner uh, from Tennis Magazine. And uh, day one, the day session's about in the books. Um, wasn't too much drama over on Ash with the big names. Uh, Melanie Udan, Andy Roddick, and Kim Kleister's all won in straight sets. But, uh, you know, around the grounds there were some, you know, other matches a little more, uh, a little more interesting. Uh, Steve, what did you see uh, day one today that caught your eye on the grounds? I was out on court 11 for most of the day. That's where there was a long match. It almost felt like it became the, the center court for the, for, on the grounds between match between Gail Monfils, a Frenchman, and Robert Kendrick, uh, an American, sort of lower-ranked American, but a, but a good, sort of dangerous player. And th- these two really they put on a really good show, 6-4 in the fifth, Monfils won. And, and both of these guys are sort of are talented players, slightly flawed, but, but showmen in a way. Um, and neither of them... They both had their serious ups and downs through 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 the match. Just when you thought one guy was going to win, the other guy came forward. So it was one of those those seesaw battles that that you know drew fans over the course of the afternoon. What did you think of that? What did you think of that blown lead at two one there um, with Kendrick serving a forty love, Steve? Kendrick, for, yeah, forty love. Malfis seems like he's he's done. He's uh, you know he's he seems like he's packed it in. But Kendrick. You know, he—I don't know whether he just didn't believe that he that he could win, but it seemed like right when it right when it got to the point when where he um, you know he could see the finish line, Monfils was was physically in trouble. You know, Kendrick started to miss. He double faulted a couple of times. He missed some some easy shots, and he, he almost seemed a little resigned. Well, for Forty Love, yeah, he he had a double fault for for Deuce misses an inside out forehand a little later, saves himself with with uh, when Monfils made a lob error. But you know, you, you got to win that game, don't you think? At two one, at fifth set, you got total control. Monfils is trying to play points with his busted racket there. I mean, the guy was totally cooked. yeah. Monfils is not Monfils does not, not even look like he's you know putting in an effort at that point. So yeah, I don't know what I, I think. Kendrick, to me, it looked like he you know he just sort of. Sp- because he got nervous with with the idea that he was actually going to win the match. Did you guys? Um, I mean, they, this was kind of a big deal shown on TV. I, I was I was in the press room looking at this, but there was a a, a controversial call at four four when um, the ball may have struck Monfils's racket. Um, Kendrick had a big return back on serve, and it was called out. But there was a you know some question whether it actually grazed the, the racket and would have given Kendrick break point. I believe. Did either um, Pete? Did you happen to see that? Be you know being there up close for that? Any yeah. opinion? Well, you know, I was actually right in the first row of seats at the opposite end, the opposite baseline to the umpire's left. So it was tough for me to see that because it was the far end of the court. I think what happened there was Kendrick hit it, ripped a big return, I think it was, and um, Monfils basically stuck his racket down, and the ball must have gone just long and hit the ground and then hit his racket or hit his racket because he was right on a baseline. So I guess Kendrick was arguing that the ball hit his racket. And the umpire made, I guess, a judgment call or, or, or upheld Monfils' claim 
that the ball basically had already hit. In other words, it hit, therefore it was out, the point was over, and then it hit his racket. And, you know, that happens a lot. You know, guys, you know, take a cut at a ball and the out call comes and a guy hits the ball. So, I mean, it wasn't such a big deal that it hit the racket. The real question was whether the ball touched the ground before it hit his racket and whether or not it was out. Steve, any yeah, thoughts I, on your I end? Thought that it, I thought that it had actually hit Monfils' racket first, and that's what Kendrick thought, but the umpire very quickly, very decisively said that it hit the ground first. What was interesting to me, to me was that Monfils didn't say anything either way. Uh, he didn't say that the ball had hit the hit the court first, which was, I don't know what that indicates, but he didn't, he didn't make a stand you know, in favor of the umpire to Kendrick. It was his Ken Flack moment, if you remember that famous U.S. Open doubles match yeah. when uh, Flack and Seguso exactly. playing doubles against uh, a couple of French guys, and uh, they claimed the ball brushed Flack's hair, and he said he's not going to make the call because yeah. it's not up to him to make a call on that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. They got booed. Yeah. It was one of those, right? Yeah. Um, and there, there's that match there. And just, you know, to catch up, I don't know if you, not just the people who are listening, Robin was watching the Safina Hantakova match over on Armstrong. Oh my God, which that's going to be torture. It, well, you know, it, it wasn't, it was like I was saying to Steve earlier, it was, it's a match that, you know, would have been sort of a week two match at a slam maybe a year or two ago with their rankings. But just because of where they fell, this is a first rounder of all matches. And, you know, there were some spurts of good tennis. I mean, Safina, she hasn't gotten back to where she was before by any stretch in terms of her, you know, tennis. But there were some bright spots, and you saw, I think, certain points sort of reminded you of where, you know, where they once were. This is, in the end, Hantakova won this in straights. But, uh, you know, that was uh, sort of the, the happenings of day one here. But I think, like we're saying, that uh, Soderling and Monfils drew the most attention on an otherwise sort of ordinary day on ash and uh you know later to come is the venus match and federer's opener as well so uh but that's about it for here any any final thoughts from you guys from day one at the open well quite that i was actually quite well, I was impressed interested in he- udan went through as quickly as she did you know i i think udan won six she won three in love she literally won before you even knew the match was going on 11 o'clock start you wonder why the USTA put her on at 11 you know it's it's a first match of the day first day of the tournament it's almost like you're thinking well if she's going to lose let's get her out of here quick so it doesn't become a disaster for us because of all the promotional stuff and things we've done but she really stepped up played great I mean you know uh, I was very very happy to see that because that girl's under a lot of pressure yeah, she played well there, sort of a surprise after the long summer she had. Steve, why don't you get a quick word in on Soderling and uh, what you saw about that one? Well, I was just, I don't know if anybody saw it. This is one of those days where you can't see everything. I walked i walked out of that match when he was up two sets, and then I, I figured that was going to be no problem. And I walked back out of the place, and he's won, he's won you know, in a fifth set. So I don't know how he looked, or but it's, but it was one of those, you know, one of those matches that I wish I could have, wish I could have gotten to see. Yeah. There'll be a lot of those this week. There will definitely be yeah. uh, with uh, all the matches going on. But uh, we'll ch- we'll catch up with some more of those tomorrow on day two at the U.S. Open with, uh, again, Pete Bodo and Steve Tigner. I'm Ed McGrogan. Thanks again for listening to the Tennis.com podcast. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. 
For more news and information, head over to tennis.com. Thanks for listening.